Hello and welcome to this episode of Sue. Hello, welcome to this episode of Star. Hello, welcome to this episode of Pandavit. We're not bingers assembling. We are Pandavit. We are pandas who have visions. This is Pandavision, and today we're talking about The Witcher. Um, folks, <laughs> what is going on? What are on? you doing? <laughs> I'm doing the intro. Okay. This is Pandavision. Right? I didn't realize you were doing a thing. I didn't realize this yeah, was a bit. Yeah, I was. I was okay. Because it seems like legit confusion. So I mean, that's also possible. And hey, now we have outtakes. Anyway, folks, I'm Matthew. The voices you're hearing are Ashley Coffin and Paul Hoppy. We're here today to continue our coverage of season one of The Witcher. Uh, as we're recording this, we are about nine days away from uh, season two launching. Hopefully this will come out probably like a day or two before it goes live. And this episode is to help you either if you've seen the show and you don't want to watch it all again, but want to get caught up. If you didn't see it, but are kind of curious for season two, you want to get a podcast in instead of having to watch it all again, we're here for you. Pandavision is the show where we, we talk about TV shows that don't fit into larger universes, but are definitely within the Pandaverse of great content with the, the kind of geekiness that we love. So uh, we're going to have all of that right after this commercial break. We have no control over. Welcome back. I'm Matthew, your host. I'm joined as always uh, for, as always, this is the second episode, uh, for The Witcher with Ashley Coffin and Paul Hoppy. Uh, how are you folks doing today? Great. How are you? A little tired, but great. <laughs> Mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm icing myself down with like frozen things from my freezer, like uh, Clint Barton. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ash, I don't know how many of the... Uh, First first uh, response podcasts you've been doing on the MCU cast. I've been doing them for Hawkeye recently, so I was up till 4 a.m. this morning uh, recording on Hawkeye and then getting back up to record uh, with Paul on some things and now this. And yeah, it's it's a grind. I've yeah. forgotten about those super, super late podcasts. No, as a queen, when I'm on them, I make them do three casts about it. You can have your 20-minute nighttime one, but then we'll talk about mm. it around 6. <laughs> like there, you there you go. There you go. I like it. I don't, I like I don't it. get up that late for anything. <laughs> that's fair that's west fair. coast so it's been a couple of weeks since uh, we talked about this but i think we're s- super excited and the way what i'm breaking down is last episode we mostly talked about kind of the overall world building the different factions the different politics and dynamics like that today i think we're mostly going to focus on the characters themselves and I, I think with many of the shows especially for the three of us the characters is what we most focus on this one especially is is really interesting character studies and let's start with our hero themselves the witcher um uh uh, Geralt. Yeah, thank you. Oh my. <laughs> Geralt of Rivia. Um, it's not there's, Geralt. There's so much content. Geralt? I thought it was Geralt. It's Geralt. Geralt. I thought Geralt it was Geralt. Oh my Geralt? God. So, somebody needs to go listen to it now because we can't do this. <laughs> Look, I am world renowned for getting these pronunciations wrong. So, so just everyone will blame me. Um, but yeah, so what do we think of uh, our main character, The Witcher? He, so it's so funny that they're trying to describe this character as someone who's not supposed to have any, or feelings, or a witcher, like, they don't have feelings, Mm. they don't care about anything, when there's no other character I've seen in, like, any other show who has such a hero complex as (laughs) Gerard does. He has to save the princess, because he didn't save her in the beginning, now everybody's the princess. I definitely at first was confused about that, until I realized what, what I think they're doing there is so much of the story is about how 
people don't understand these creatures they call monsters, you know, and, and witchers are very much one of them. And kind of what I was getting at there, what I thought they were getting at was that, of course, witchers do feel emotions. It's just that's one of these myths that's grown up around people like, you know, oh, yeah, those creatures like they always, you know, we've had so much mythology about what creatures are. I think that's supposed to be one more of them. Yeah, he says that so much. He goes, yeah. I'm pretty sure he like says that. Um, but yeah, I think it's funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I find him an enjoyable character. I think the kind of, you know, anti-hero who ends up wanting to do good, sort of. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I think, you know, some of the things they did in the very beginning to set that up, I wasn't crazy about. But I, I think as the series goes on, I, I do... You know, it's the kind of character I I like a lot of the time. You know, and and this series, I think, in the in episode one of of our coverage or part one, uh, I was pretty negative a lot of the time. I'd say the reason that overall I mostly enjoyed the series was the characters. You yeah. know, I I find Geralt like a a compelling character and Yennefer as well, and um. You know, it, it's just like their characters I enjoy spending time with. And as a yeah. result, it's like, you know, there will be story beats that I'm like, eh. but like <laughs> either you want to spend time with people or you don't, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like he doesn't seem like someone who really wants to spend time with other people very much himself. <laughs> but Definitely. maybe that's part of the reason I relate to him a little. I don't know. I, I see that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might have just a tad bit of a misanthropic aspect to your personality, just just a, just a, just a skosh. just a little bit. Uh, but like, also, I care about people. You know, yeah. it's it's this tension. In a lot of ways, it's kind of funny timing because Paul, you and I just got through uh, recording episodes about Cow- Cowboy Bebop over mm. for the Superhero Ethics Podcast, yeah. and I feel like Geralt, uh, the Witcher, would fit very well into their their kind of dynamic. In terms, we we talked a lot about how Spike and Jet are like they're not heroes, they're not even really anti heroes. They're kind of they're not trying to be on that kind of a moral spectrum. Yeah, they're just people living in a society where being morally pure and perfect and good is pretty much a recipe for disaster. Trying to just get by, doing the best they can, cutting corners when they need to, hurting some others sometimes they don't want to, and. And the Witcher to me feels very much of the same way, and that like he's in a he he's created in this way that's not his choice. He is hated by everyone. He has to do this very unpleasant stuff, and in doing so, he's he's trying to kind of do the best he can, but also is willing to you know hurt the people who get in his way, if even if they're not necessarily like the evil of evil. For sure, I mean he's kind of like a bounty hunter too, right? Like. Yeah. Except yeah, he, he kills them usually, but not always. And, you know, decides when or when not to, to metaphorically pull the trigger, I guess. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I see that parallel a lot and I enjoy it. And, you know, and another thing that I enjoy about the series is the style, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like he looks cool. A lot of the he characters look so cool. cool. <laughs> he looks like a medieval vicious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's fair. <laughs> You know, I, one I, who I, hadn't I, discovered crypto yet. I mean, meth. I mean. <laughs> Crystal? <laughs> yeah, I, I know there's folks who, who think Henry Cavill looks much better when he's like super cleaned up and pretty boy for uh, Superman. Mm-hmm. I, I, my thirst for Cavill is very much about the, the Witcher. I, I love him dark and gritty. Glow up and gross down. Or yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, he looks good both ways. I'll take it. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Fair. Um, fair. My ep- I think the episode I really like the most with his character development is the one with the princess werewolf. What what the hell were those things called? I thought it was a werewolf. I, I don't oh. know what they were. It wasn't oh, a werewolf. The, the, Striga? the, Stri- Striga. the Striga. I love that because you could see how much um, killing that uh, character in the first episode. She was a princess too, right? Yeah. Yeah. How much like that affected him that he didn't, you know, just kill this monster. Like he got very involved to try to help this, you know, princess. And I don't know. That's where you start to kind of see like the character turn where he's like, you know, really starting to now get more involved in everybody's stuff. Well, the whole time he's just like, I don't want to get involved. I was like, well, stop getting yeah. involved then, Gerald. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think I really love that episode too. And for what you're talking about, I think one of the real themes of this is the sort of like, who do we call a monster? What do we label a monster? And and then also like, who creates them? Right. Um, you know, I, I'm reminded of kind of the meme of like, you know, the first level of understanding is thinking that like, the monster is Frankenstein, you know? And then the right. second level of understanding is realizing that like doc, the, the book is about Dr. Frankenstein who creates the monster. Mm-hmm. But the third level is understanding that Dr. Frankenstein is the monster for creating this thing, you know? And I feel like that was very much the vibe I get with, with him, especially, but especially in that episode where it's this Stiga is, is a, is a young girl who's been cursed into this sort of creature that just wants to hunt and kill and, and, and do damage but instead of just coming in to kill it, he becomes focused on this kind of mystery of like, why was she cursed? Who did this? How did it happen? And how do we undo it? He has like a code that is loosely followed. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Th- this was the episode that kind of sold me on the show, I guess. Like the first episode I liked and then hated. And then the second episode, I was like, <laughs> eh, it felt like a little kind of weird and cheesy. And then the third episode, I was like, all right, I'll watch this show. You know, before that, it was kind of just like inertia. I was like watching the next episode, watch the next episode. And then here I was like, okay, I I like this. Um, Also, the fourth uh, level of um, understanding of of Frankenstein is understanding that the real monster is the society that created Dr. Frankenstein. Yes. And And the society therefore hunts the monster. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, And that's actually kind of a really great point because I think... We only get a little bit of this, but I think one of, the, one of the things that I think is very much a part of the Witcher's character that I hope we see more of in season two is this idea that he's not just like a creature that lives out in the wilds that is considered monstrous but actually has a lot of like goodness to him. As I understand it, like Witchers were created by this society to to do the dirty work of dealing with these things out in that they think of as like monsters. And, yeah. and to me, that yeah, it, it's very much you're talking about the society. It's like the society doesn't want to have to do the dirty work. So they create these creatures to fight the monsters, but then they also vilify them, you know, kind of like it, it's that like we need you, but we also hate you because you do the things we don't want to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was mostly making a joke, but also being completely serious. <laughs> and I'm glad that yeah. you managed to find more meaning in it than I intended. Um, I really like that. That's a good point. Um, there is an anime on Netflix that's um i guess light spoilers it's sort of a prequel to the series i mean it takes place before the series and talks about a little bit sort of where the monsters come from and stuff like that um and and kind of how society views witchers and maybe how they came to view them more the way they do here 
which is kind of like it feels like there aren't a lot of them right and uh that they're sort of vilified but also relied upon um you know i mean it it reminds me a little bit of sort of how people view um things like the military in some ways and then don't really take care of veterans when when they come home and you know wanting people to like go off and do things that they think should be done which you know we can talk about whether or not we think those are good ideas but like then as a society don't really you know say things like oh thank you for your service blah 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 but it's like yeah but what are you actually doing to make people's lives better what are you doing to help people reacclimate themselves to like not going off and being in horrible situations and here it feels like for Geralt they're doing nothing Right? <laughs> They're just like, here's some gold. Go away now. Thanks. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. Well, and we do get... One of the episodes I didn't really quite understand what was going on. I'm curious your thoughts on, but in one of the last episodes, we get a lot of flashbacks that I think are showing us how Geralt was created as a witcher. Mm. Um, yeah. His, his mother... mother yeah. yeah, kind of sold him. And yeah. I think very much both, uh, meaning to be a, uh, a parallel with Yennefer. Mm-hmm. What, what was going on there? What do you think? What is it we learned about him at the end of the season? That his oh. mother sold him. Yeah, <laughs> and that, like, basically that he, that had, he had a, a shitty story. childhood. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like that whole thing was it was like a little hazy, right? It was, mm-hmm. it was like in a sort of a fever dream while he was dying but not dying, and right. um, it. I mean, it was an interesting choice to be like, yeah, this is the end of, of this season and we're going to take our main character, our, you know, A1 main character, basically. Because I think Yennefer was very much like an A2 main character, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't feel yeah. like she was super secondary. Like, she was just like, you know, it is called The Witcher. So yeah. there is one title character, but <laughs> I, I feel like she had a, a similar level of importance, pretty much. And... um and, you know, to basically just take him out of action and be like, yeah, we'll talk a little about his backstory, which, you know, hopefully in, in season two, they'll maybe elaborate on that a little bit. Maybe show a little bit like, you know, what it was like actually training right, to yeah. be a witcher, you know, because they allude to it, but they don't show it much. I felt like that was so par for the core for this show, because until the very last episode, I had no idea what was going on timeline wise. Oh, well, there's yeah. that. There's so much. <laughs> like, I remember there's this one uh, picture of like. Jennifer and um, Geralt like meeting up together and I swear there was this one that they showed like she was like you left me he left her but I don't remember seeing one of them did, did we just like pass over them see like their meetup when he left her in some I don't know I didn't see it but I was like I never have any idea where we are timeline wise or what's going on so I'm just gonna keep watching <laughs> no and what you brought up is we'll get into Jennifer's character directly but like obviously a huge part of of Geralt's character is his connection to her and his mm-hmm. almost kind of obsession with her and, and this is where it felt to me like there was a scene we needed because yeah, yeah mm. the, we see Geralt and Yennefer meet and have this like they're kind of battling over um you know the uh the healing and and who's going to get to have the um the, the wishes from the djinn. and and they they have sex and they have this real connection but then they also kind of like betray each other it seems or or they turn on each other and then the next time they meet up the impression i'm given like at first i feel like this is the the, the next time they've seen each other mm-hmm. since then but it's but not. then yeah, it, it kind of feels like off screen, we've had a number of times where they met up, they fought, then they fell into bed again, then they, like, they, in that of them cycle leaves. of, yeah. 
Yeah. And, and I wish I'd seen more of that. Because, yeah, I mm-hmm. felt I was like, I don't, I don't, if nothing else, because he seems so obsessed with her in a way that I was like, I, I don't feel like you've earned this with what you've shown me. Right. So I'm, I'm frustrated about this. Yeah. It's, it's a little confusing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. It, it felt like. It was either the t- the timeline's just all jacked up. I mean, and yeah. I think it's somewhat deliberate, but like mm-hmm. I don't totally understand why. Right. You know, and it, it's this sort of like taking a bunch of short stories and then chopping them up and layering them on top of each other, kind of. And I, honestly, that part, di- that aspect of the show, really didn't work for me. Um, I when know. I realized that that's what they were doing. I had a tiny moment of feeling clever and then I was like, or do I feel stupid? Cause I didn't realize it until then. And I was like, wait, but why are you doing this? You know, like yeah. what, what's the point of this, um, you know, sort of nonlinear, you've got all these different tracks uh, and yeah. um, it, it definitely did feel like, you know, it was a little bit like, Oh, you again, you know, but on the yeah. other hand, we didn't have, anything to really give us a big sensation of the passage of time and you know yeah. season one takes place over decades yeah right like yeah they they're 40 years or something yeah and they don't really tell more. you yeah and, and i think this is where like i think i actually liked the uh non-linear storytelling a lot more than both of you okay. and and it, it worked for me especially and i felt like it was one of those things like like memento or something we're going back and watching it again i really enjoyed it oh okay but I, I, to me, I think the Yennefer um, Geralt thing, especially, like, if they'd given us a scene of, like, one more of those, like, times mm. where one of them left, even mm. had it been totally out of order, I, I, but we just never got it at all. Yeah. Um, right. I, the other thing I'll say, though, maybe it's getting us to a different character, but, we, I, you know, we're bouncing around. It's fine. I, I think one of the reasons why it didn't work is because you had, like, Geralt's timeline, which is really interesting. Yennefer's, which is really interesting. So, I don't care about Cirilla. Nothing has happened to make me find Cirilla a compelling or interesting character. And her timeline was the one that was the most linear. And I feel like, I, I don't know for you, that was to me my biggest problem was that the timeline that I'm supposed to be grounded in was the one where I'm most like, eh, I, I'm not, I don't care. I didn't care at all. Well, my second yeah. watch, I actually fast forward some of her scenes. I was like, don't care, don't care, don't care. Get me back to the <laughs> <Yeah>. story. <laughs> yeah. I remembered what happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was trying to, like, when we were, you know, knowing that, like, we were going to talk about the characters, I was, like, just, like, kind of trying to remember her character. And I was, like, I guess at the end, when she does whatever she does, right? Yeah, that's when it gets interesting. Right. Then it's, like, all of a sudden she becomes a character who, like, okay, maybe has some complexity, maybe has some agency, right? But up until then, it's just, like... This very slowly unfolding story of Nilfgaard attacking um, s- Cirilla. Sintra. Sintra, Sintra, Sintra yeah. yeah. And like, okay, you know, but like, <laughs> it, it doesn't feel like there's a, a really compelling, like, personal narrative there with any of the characters, right? So, yeah. you know, I, I could have used that not being spread out across all the episodes little bit by bit. And maybe, ha- tr- you know, try to have something that's more, maybe just make that episode seven, you know, yeah. like, yeah. and instead of having that just be like gradually dripped throughout the series, just be like, 
all right, this is going to happen when it happens and you'll see it and then everything will kind of make more sense. I don't know. I felt like introducing that in the beginning was like, you know, it's like, and their fates are intertwined and then we're going to learn the backstory. And it's like, (laughs) just, just give me, just give me the story. Like, I agree. I I think the other thing for me about Cirilla is I blame Joss Whedon for this, but he's by no means the only, the only person who has done this trope. (laughs) Uh, But it's very much kind of the river song trope of the, troubled young girl who doesn't really understand herself and needs to be taken care of but also is the most powerful powerful person that's ever been powerful and like i'm just so bored of that trope right that like her being like "Ah, i don't understand but if i get mad i'll yell and destroy everything around me like i'd love that power i blame him for it (laughs) because he's like done it the best yeah Yeah. that's also true and thus it became popular and then people did it not the best (laughs) yeah and like I had problems with the way he did it, but he did it in ways that were like, he did it. We're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Right. Uh, Going back to to Geralt, though, there's one other part of his character I want to kind of get your sense on. Because he, like, destiny and, like, law of surprise and you can't, your fates are intertwined. These are obviously very important parts of the world that we're in. Geralt has this interesting perspective where he doesn't believe in that, but he also thinks he has to honor a promise. Mm-hmm. What what's going on with that for him? Is it is it just that he like he doesn't believe in the fate thing, but he does have like kind of a code, as you were saying, Ashley? Yeah, like uh, which is just that that stuff's annoying a little bit to me. The whole the the promise. What what was that called? Did we talk about that last time? Or is that what we're at? Like the promise. Which one's those? The oh he, the whatever he does that now he has a child. Child right, promise. Right. The law of surprise. Oh or... Jesus! Yeah, the law yeah. of surprise. Which Ugh. when I hear that, I just think of like I... Steve Carell, like. The element of surprise, like where he <laughs> yeah. throws the phone and then it doesn't. It's and it's like just with board. no explanation. I was like, yes, absolutely. You have to. The, the law of surprise is like the number one law in this entire world. And everybody has to understand it and accept it. And I'm like, hand in the back. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think the law of surprise is kind of a cool idea in a world that where so much is uncertain. But and if it just stays as like, it's just a human, like understanding of a rule and like, oh, hmm. Wow, fate kind of had an idea for you. But this idea of like the law of surprise declare that you and this child are interwoven. And so 18 years later, you're still supposed. Ah, I was just like, ah. Yeah, I was like, is he supposed to marry her? That would have made more sense. And so no, you're her father now, but what if her father hadn't died? It was all right. very confusing. Yeah, I, I think as like this ridiculous human construction that we can look at and kind of laugh at, maybe it's an interesting aspect of a world as some sort of like actual legitimate sort of magic-y thing. It's like, mm, no thanks. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Pass. And I, I think what they're going for, especially since we've seen, and I know I love this, you all are not so much, but especially since we've seen that so much of the things that the characters in the world believe are magic and fate and destiny are just the wizards like pulling strings and being manipulative bastards. Um, I'm hoping that that's what we're also getting. Like that his attitude of like, look, I'm connected to this girl. She's in trouble. I'll help. But like law of surprise can go, you know, walk a Mm -hmm. plank. Like I'll be here for that. If we do get more of like, yeah, Yeah. I mean, if the law of surprise, if if there is this thing of like their characters are intertwined, like things like that always take away agency. I, I have just like, here for that. The th- like what I want to happen with all that, you know, like I have mm. a very, but I know it's probably not going to, cause it's too like tied up with the bow. 
But we'll get into that when we talk about Yennefer. But I know I, I okay. have theories for what I want to happen, and it's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think the last thing about Geralt I want to talk about is his relationship with with uh, Yaskier. So, uh, and we can talk about that when we get to Yaskier. So, why don't we just go into Yennefer? Unless Paul, do you have one last thing you want to bring up? No, I mean basically just like he's got this sort of sense of honor that's kind of like whatever it is it's kind of unclear you know right. which i think the notion of honor often is yeah you know? it's very john snow about everything right and yeah. it's like i well, must yeah <laughs> yeah like i i think there is a i like it in that it's it's clear that he feels like that the the laws of honor that most of the world go by are hypocritical nonsense and mm-hmm. want to fall into that but yeah what it actually is we don't know yeah. um jennifer so uh oh i love her <laughs> Ashley, tell me what you love about Jennifer. I just, you know, she, the way her, you know, it started out like she's already, it's kind of like when you have the half elves and the half humans thing, it kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of the same thing as almost being like born out of wedlock, like as a bastard child, but imagine having like a curse upon right. you for it. Cause like, that's what they were saying, right? Human and elf children were cursed with twisted spines. Right. right, she's like quarter elf or something. And for yeah. those who either haven't seen the show or, or forgotten because it's been a while, give us just a quick 30 seconds of like, who is Yennefer? Um, Yennefer is a half-elf, half person. I guess she was adopted? I don't Stolen know how to do this bought. in 30 seconds. Yeah, but before <laughs> I, she was with the witches. She was like yeah. a housemaid. And uh, she showed that guy, what was her boyfriend's name? I can't do this, you do it. Okay, so basically Yennefer was a um, very stunted, she had like a, I think what we would call today a humpback, um, uh, and but she apparently had some like magical affinity. Uh, this, the woman who runs the, the magic school that we talked about last time kind of came along, found her, purchased her from the, her family who were very happy to sell her. Um, and then she, she learned magic and she kind of goes through this journey where she is kind of sneaking off to meet this guy from another school. It's kind of like a, you know, Hogwarts, but, but boys Hogwarts and girls Hogwarts and they meet up and have sex. (laughs) Um, and then she, uh, politics, politics, politics. She is supposed to be sent down to one particular kingdom. She doesn't want to be. In, in, in parts because she's I think she's actually a quarter elvish but like that gets revealed and that's not good for her um, and 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 so she winds up like kind of setting her own path by kind of seducing the person who she wants to be working with instead um, she gets very bored there and then she kind of goes off and has her own sort of like adventures as a as a witch for most of the rest of the season and uh, it, it, she's, she's kind of doing her own thing she, she wound up at one point um she she uses magic to she goes through this magic ritual to basically like make herself very beautiful in a way that I have massive objections to for the ableism that we'll get to. Um, but part of it's also um, really original idea here. She has to give up her reproductive possibilities in order to have beauty and power. Is that um, a common trope in fiction? No, yeah. never heard of that before. Speaking of Joss Whedon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then later on, she decides she wants a child, and so she's trying to get a child. And but her, she, she basically kind of like tr- trying to live this life outside of all of the kind of like magical institution, the Brotherhood nonsense. And then winds up getting tied back up with um, Gerald a couple times, and then being a big part of this big final battle against the Nilfgaardian army. Uh, so yeah, that that's kind of her quick character summary. Yeah. Uh, they always, away, they make it seem like she's 
more powerful than all the rest of them, which is, I think, yeah. when they found out that she was half-elf, that's why they kicked her out, actually. They told her she wasn't allowed to go to any houses. Um, and then that's when she went and got herself hotified and then went to the ball, and then it, it was up to, you know, that king. Right. Which is, and the girl who was supposed to go with that king ends up being so upset about Yennefer taking her place, she goes to work for Nelfgaard, which becomes yeah, I, a problem later. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Yennefer was supposed to be sent to, to, to Nilfgaard. There was an idea that she could keep the king's, like, religious... The, Is that what it of, was? Yeah, because it, they basically become, like, fundamentalists. And, and I think the idea was that Yennefer could have kept him in control. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't what she wanted to do. Yeah. And I like yeah, that so, she does what she... Like, and the fact that... It's not even that I think she wants a child. It's the fact that they're telling her that she can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I find the character interesting um i i enjoyed the character throughout i didn't enjoy all of her story as there's it it felt like it was it unwound in this very gradual being in you know she's this character who really lacked agency in the beginning right, <laughs> right. i mean she's literally sold by her mom or or guardian or, or what i don't know whether they're related but yeah. um and then you know, in the the Magic Academy, she doesn't have agency there, really. Um, you know, the the whole thing about, you know, there's the whole tropishness of the, you know, you know, you have to sacrifice your reproductive rights if you want to be a hottie or whatever, which, you know, and, and have whatever power. Like, that's, you know, what it is. Um, but there is agency in that. Like, she right. did, she made that choice, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think... Uh, I I like that and then that she then left what they were doing and then came back when she decided she wanted to be involved with whatever it was. So I really appreciate the character's journey from kind of total lack of agency to very high level of agency. Mm-hmm. Um, not every step on the journey was like super enjoyable for me. But yeah. um, as she becomes more um, empowered, basically... Um, I, I enjoy it more. And then at the end, she's like, I'm going to burn dark Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. She basically goes dark Phoenix and like, you know, burns everything down. I like how shitty she is towards the magic a lot though. It's like, she almost doesn't like, she just, like when people are like, wow, that's amazing. She's like, it's only magic. Or, you know, the fact when, when they found out from the dragon that uh, Gerald had wished for her and him to always be intertwined. And that was like a hard no for her. Cause she was right. like, Oh, well it's fake. It's all fake, fake, yeah, fake. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. isn't this what, like, are, you know, is everything that happened to you fake? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, all of that about her character, I really do love. And, and I, 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 it's never explicitly stated as much as maybe I would have wanted, but I think they do a good job of, of indicating that, that part of, part of the idea here is that like she had agency but as a child, she had been taught, She, you know, she was raised in this school since she was very young, taught that she, like, taught all this very kind of, like, magical supremacy. Like, you know, you are better. Like, I'm going to turn other people into eels because right, they are not right, as good right. at magic as you are. <laughs> and, and so I feel like that there's some degree of she has the agency when she makes the decision to become, like, you know, uber mage and uber hot and all that. I'm going to get in the disability part in a second. Uh, but that there's a sort of sense of like she was doing what she had been taught was supposed to be what she wanted. And that to me, that's the one way I'm able to kind of be okay with this whole, like, well, no, now I want to, now I do want to have a child or now I do want to, I'm not so into magic as I thought is this kind of this idea of like, you know, it's the person you've been taught all your life, like work hard, work hard, work hard. You can become a great athlete. And then later you're like, but 
but do I want this? Like, is this right. really what I want? And I, yeah. I really like that part of her story. I, I will add that I don't think it was at a very young age that she went to the magic school. I think That's she, true, yeah. She's like, like she, and she's I a thought, teenager. Didn't is she? she? I thought she was like a young adult already. Mm. Do they you say? Remember? or? I, they don't do a good job with time passing, but I think they wanted yeah. to just make that actress look younger. Because if you see, here we go with the hair. When they right. find her, her hair is like neck length. And then when she's training, it's a little bit more like under right. her collar. Right, so time has passed. Yeah. 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 And I remember, if I remember correctly, she did something that met her up with um, Harry Potter boyfriend before the lady found her. So she was already kind of like putting that magic out into the world as like a beacon to be found. And that's how whatever her name is from Downton Abbey, kept finding all these girls as they were doing something Oh, right. Magical. Yeah, yeah, they were like talking parcel tongue or something to snakes. Or... Yeah, it was yeah. something. The... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. I think she uses her portal to escape, escape. from... Escape. Oh, those people getting... were beating her up. Yeah. For, That's for... right. And so here, all right, let me talk about kind of the main problem I have with her uh, yeah. character. And, and again, it's just because it's like... The idea of a person who is disabled or disfigured or like, you know, looks in a way that people are teasing her and attacking her all the time. And so she doesn't want to or they don't want to or he doesn't want to. That's a perfectly legitimate story and and one that makes a lot of sense. It's that it has become such a trope and that we get so few characters about so few stories about characters who are disabled, who are just okay with that. And that particularly in magical stories... Uh, you know, or sci-fi, so often it's the the disability of the character, the disfigurement of the character is not a real character trait. It's just the thing they have to overcome in order to become their full powerful self. And I remember seeing the character and being like, all right, she's going to get cured with magic and everything's going to be great. And this is going to be shitty, but, you know, this is the story that gets told all the time and I hate it and it's offensive, but fair enough. But then they show her, like, staying before she has her transformation. Like, she has sex with someone and looks damn hot as the person who has a body type that's very much not what we expect her to have. I had have. a huge problem with that scene with all of those ghosts clapping as okay. he climaxed. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. I was like, ugh. Okay, yeah, the, the nature of which they're having sex is super problematic and shows all the brotherhood nonsense. Um And it's kind of funny, though, that they're both basically trying to spy on the other one. Yeah. But just the fact that, like... You saw someone with, like, a body that's very different than what you would expect, being sexual and being sexy. Like, I loved that. And then for them to throw all that away and be like, no, 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 she wants to be hot with so she can be her full magical self, I, it really bothered me. And it, it just hits so many of the tropes that I think are so ableist. But even more so, it, I, I kind of feel like if then later there is this sense of, like, you know, she hates the way that people treat her now and that, like... If all the stuff about her, what did I give up to be able to be this magical person that I'm not sure I want to be, was about that transformation, like, that could be an interesting story. I thought that was. But, that's what I got from it. Oh, because so what I got is that they then threw in the reproductive part to to focus on that. So it wasn't even as much about the – so now just the, like, well, of course you wanted to be cured of your disability. That's fine. It's the losing your your, your reproductiveness. That, no, I thought it was the conversation she had with the boyfriend at the end when she's like, I wish we never left the cave. Like, she knows right. what she gave up. But it's also, you know, you have to look at it. I see what you're saying, but from, like, a woman's perspective, as someone who also doesn't want children, it's – and, you know, you've just had this horrible life and – somebody's putting this in front of you like understanding what you want and paying the price for it is a choice that 
we all get to make for ourselves. Oh, you for know, sure. if someone asks, and it's like, I, I don't know, I, I, I can't see it as such a, like, I know that they do it all the time. But like, if she had stayed herself, she wouldn't be the character she is now, which is why the retrospect on it is so important. Yeah. I, I guess what I'm just saying is I feel like either make it she gives up her her ability to have kids or sorry, I hit my microphone. Or have her go through this physical transformation that changes her into not being a disabled person or a disfigured person. It, it's doing both. To me, it kind of cheapened the 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 disability part of it. And that, yeah. that's just where I, I was bothered. Because you're right. I mean, like, and I thought being, it being a curse as well was not her. It, she was cursed, kind of like the Striga. It right. wasn't something she was born with. It was cursed upon her. Right, which then is like its own problematic, like you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, d- disability is not a curse and shouldn't right. be. But that's that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Right. No, I, I I totally see what what both of you are saying, and I I think um, I I I definitely felt like uncomfortable with it, you know. Mm-hmm. But then as it went on, I felt like they were kind of coming back to this idea of her questioning whether she should have done that. But I do agree that they kind of stepped on any questions about like how she changed her body, how she looks by focusing on the reproductive aspect. And I think it would be very interesting. Like, I think it might be an interesting story if she does get the chance to like go back to who she was originally physically. Right. right? And and she, you know, she looks how she looked and, you know, maybe she does get her reproductive um system reinstated or whatever um you know I, that's what i like that about choice that i think would be an interesting choice as well and like and then to see like how she feels about all of that you know and just i just want to clarify for those who haven't seen or don't remember that we're talking about the, re, the reinstallation it's because often they, in these kind of stories it's a oh you've been cursed and now you're infertile like no she basically goes through a like very graphic, very traumatic. Hysterectomy. Yeah, it's a hysterectomy. Yeah. Yeah. We see her like very uterus graphic. and float. Like, yeah. We see the, them removed. The way that I kind of saw that is they're telling her she can't have her kids. They never, like, there's no one being like, well, you can't go back and look like you used to. And that's kind of like with me, if you tell me I can't do something, mm. all I want to do is do it. Like, mm-hmm, try right. and tell me I can't, I'll figure it out. So, so far, sure. that's the thing that, that's the, you know, I know that the uh, deformity was taken away from her, but that's the one thing that they're telling her she can't have. So that's why I feel like why she's so gung-ho on that. Yeah, I can make sense. And I, and I think it also, like, because she willingly gave it up. Right. But I think it gets mm-hmm. to the idea, like, that she gave it up when she'd not really been exposed to all exactly. the, the options. And, mm-hmm. like, she'd been told that all that matters is your magic. And, yeah, and yeah so I think I that part of the story I would love just to be focused on. It's just yeah. the, like, the the disability part of it. But, but yeah, but I, I do think that's going to be a very interesting part of the story. And I think... I mean, I have to imagine it's not coincidence that we have her still trying to figure out what is her role and can she have a child at the same time that Geralt is being basically becoming a father figure. Yeah. Like, right, that's right, not right. that's not yeah, coincidence. No. That's my theory. Yeah. I was like, so what I want is for them to just be like a happy family. And I just know that's not going to happen, but that's all I want. I, you know, he's got the dad. You know, they get together. Yeah. She gets over her problem with the magic thing. And then they raise the most badass kid you've ever met. <laughs> Like all, That's how all Dexter powerful. Oh yeah. my god, Dexter's I, been I, great, by the way. <laughs> and, and I will say, from playing a lot of the video game and from talking to people who read the books. My understanding is that that's kind of where the story goes for a while, that there's sort of a like he's raising her and then it's kind of like, well, you know, mom, like she's kind of, you know, the absentee mom, but should drop in every now and then and give a lot of <laughs> gifts and, and make his life hell. And then 
disappear you know so god that i hope so that sounds fun <laughs> i feel like we just did this on the the podcast with uh hawkeye about a potential you know mentor then a different yeah. mentor and it's like the same triangle exactly the same not love triangle <laughs> yeah let's not get into that just because uh, i appreciate you not yeah yeah I, I decided I not it. to I go for it. any spoilers yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Spoiler. No, Spoiler. i have to wait till king gets home it's a highly theoretical uh <laughs> conversation yeah. um anything more to say about yennefer I mean, she maybe blew herself up at the end, but probably didn't. Like, because yeah. I, I assume she's in previews for season yeah, two. Yeah, I don't but think like, she did. But know. I like, and yeah. I like that she was powerful enough to like save people while she was doing it. Like, she right. has that control. She lets her chaos go. Yeah. And I was like, why have you been holding? Like, and that's where you start to question the like witches and stuff. Like, why are you holding right. everybody back? Right, right, right. Right. Yeah, I kind of want to see what a fully realized version of her is. Right. Because mm-hmm. one thing we'd seen in that battle was that the the fire mages who Nilfgaard was forcing to use fire magic, which is thought of as like forbidden magic. I mean, it was literally burning them up. Like they were killing themselves to some yeah. of these fireballs. So clearly there's a sort of like she's kind of, you know, gone next level with this. Uh, yeah. Enhanced fireball. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about uh, Jaskier, the bard, because um, I really like this character. And, and Ashley, I get you did not. So, Paul, you split the difference. What did you think of our, our bardic friend? I mean, I can see him being annoying. I thought that was kind of the point a little bit. They nailed you it. You know, but I, I thought I, I, I enjoyed like it's not like it was a bunch of songs that I would sit around listening to all the time. But I do appreciate there being like in world music. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think he's a character that really fills out the kind of, um, you know, just the world and and makes it feel makes it feel very D and D, very D and D. You know, like for real. Um, but I, I liked the d- dynamic between him and and Geralt, where like he's kind of like, oh yeah, we're pals, we're friends, and Geralt's like, go away. But yeah. like he's <laughs> actually helpful to him as well, right? But also gets him in trouble sometimes. Everything bad that's happened or all the stuff. Like, he wouldn't have met Yennefer. It wasn't for mm-hmm. him. So I can see how everything is kind of Yasker's fault. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But maybe meeting Yennefer is a good thing. We don't know. Yeah. You know? yeah I, Even if I, it didn't go great. He's got a broken heart right now. <laughs> I, I definitely really like the character. I can see him being annoying. I also see a lot of myself in that character. So I want to think that he's not quite <laughs> as annoying as other people think he is. Um, I kind of also liked that he... Um, like one of the things that the story is about is the difference between fact and the story, mm-hmm. you know? And I like that there being this thing of like, you know, the public perception of what Gerald has done is so different in part because Gerald never tells the stories. And right. like Yaskier like lies. He doesn't tell the story either. He he's tells a liar. Very, <laughs> he tells um, a story. Yeah, but he he's kind of like Gerald's PR person. And yeah, I kind of yeah. like the idea that the world, like in this world, you need that, even though Gerald hates it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I also just find him very, like, I like the rakish kind of character. I like the kind of like, you know, he's such a nice, I thought he's such a nice counterpoint to, to Gerald that I really, yeah. I think just an episode about just about him would get really obnoxious, but the two of them together, I just yeah. love. Yeah, I like their dynamic. And, and I also wouldn't necessarily want to watch a show just about him. No. Yeah, I think no, it's very you. fair. They're all separated now, right? He left him somewhere. So we're going into two without him. Yeah. I think it's possible. Well, again, if nothing else, because he is human. So he's aged. Like they actually at one point mentioned that like he looks like he has aged over this time in a way Mm. that Gerald does not. Right. Hmm. But yeah. 
Um, I, I definitely feel like, I, I think you're right, uh, an episode of just him would be hard to take. I think an episode of just Geralt without some of that levity would be hard to take. I worry that the girl is going to become that levity now instead of uh, Yaskier, which I'm just not going to like as much. But Oh, I don't think she's going to become levity. <laughs> you're probably no, right. She's an angry little girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so just a kind of fun fun character. And um, I do like the the highly flirtatious dynamic between the two of them as well. Like, it's never been expressed, but, like, certainly the, the number of fan fictions that were written about those two is, is very strong. And I think there's a, I think a strong argument you can set for I the, don't think dynamic. so. Not when Yennefer's there. He's in love with Yennefer. Like, you can't make something there that's not there. I don't see that at all. I mean, she was, like, they were together for a long time before Yennefer. And, you know, I certainly think that, that something could have happened beforehand. But, okay. Um, <laughs> I did enough. not perceive it such. Set that <laughs> it, at all. It, it, it feels to me like you know wishful thinking, but you uh-huh. know, hey, That's you fair. know, people yeah. can fair. wish for whatever. You know, yeah. no, no judgment. Just don't see it. <laughs> I didn't see it either. I, I think there's definitely a lot of queer flirtation between the two of them, but um, but yeah, I can also see it not um, what uh, I think those are kind of the main uh characters we wanted to talk about. Is there any other kind of big things we wanted to to touch on before we start wrapping up? Well, we were we were gonna talk about what's her name, right? But my my response was gonna be like, I have nothing to add. Cirilla, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I. They keep calling I, her Siri, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I like. That's good. Do you think people are gonna sit there with their phone on and like <laughs> well, it's gonna be like go, Siri? To it would be happen like, during mine, and when people really? say Alexa on TV, my Alexa goes off. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I I feel like the story they were telling around her of like the you know, her having this view of the elves and and the dryads and thinking and like her her you know, through her we learned so much more about the oppression and that the kingdom she thinks was great was actually this like kind of pretty horrible supremacist kingdom. Yeah. But like again, the story of like we're gonna learn about white supremacy by telling you a story of a white person who, oh no, has to learn that her people did terrible things. Like, just tell us a story about the elves and the triads. Like, mm. I, I felt like she was there to be this, like, we're going to learn that her people are terrible, but she wants to have a good heart. I just, especially because everyone around her was so interesting. Like, I, I remember, like, she starts with, like, a soldier who has to guard her. And, like, I was like, mm-hmm. this is going to be a really fun dynamic. Oh, no, he's dead. Oh, right, Mausak. Right. Mausak oh, is dead. a really cool yeah. character. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. he's dead. Yeah, I was more interested in Mausak than, yeah. than Cirilla. <laughs> I, I think it would be interesting if she doesn't, like, become a hero or a positive character. Like, yeah, what if she decides, no, my people were right, you know? Mm-hmm. And and these people have done bad things to us, and so I'm going to, you know, go all scorched earth on them. Like, That's I feel cool. like there's, there's a lot of ways that things the character could become interesting. Yeah. And I feel like at the end of, of season one, the character began to become interesting, but yeah. like we're not there yet. And so season two will either be the, uh, <laughs> and like eye rolly and boring or whatever, or like maybe there's some interesting places to go with it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't we'll remember see. how she knew about Yennefer. Siri. Oh, does she know about Yennefer? At the end, I, when they hug, she's like, "Where's or who's Yennefer?" Uh, she's been dreaming about him. Okay, if I remember, she. I, I, I think there was like moments when he was dreaming oh, yeah, about Yennefer, yeah. and she like had like a connection to it or something like that. Right. And, and magic. Yeah. <laughs> Flourish. 
flourish. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I wonder What's... what kind of dream she popped in on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> That's why she thinks, Mommy? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> reminds me, we, we have some After Dark episodes we need to get to. but but uh, very much so all right i think then that's pretty uh, a pretty good place to wrap up um you know a lot about the show that is really interesting a lot that we have some some raised eyebrows about but i'm, I'm certainly feeling excited about season two coming out soon me too sure <laughs> <laughs> oh. i mean i'll either enjoy it or i'll have something to complain about so either, either way, way it's a win fun. either yeah. way it's there fun. You go. I, I figure we'll, we'll get you on the podcast we'll figure out a way to back yeah right, well, I'll, I'll come you're sometime. doing it yeah. <laughs> uh, well, for folks who want to uh, catch up on what both of you are doing, um, Ashley, I know you're all over the MCU cast these days. Where, where can people find you? Uh, you can, yeah, you can find me at the MCU cast, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast over on Bingers. We've been covering a lot of stuff. We're about to cover all the Spider-Man movies. Uh, I'm going to do the Raimi ones, and they're going to do those other atrocities. I mean, the Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man's without me. Um, nice. And our preparation for Spider-Man, Gar which isn't like nine years. Garfunkel, Garfunkel. Simon, Paul Simon. Yeah. <laughs> and Heathcliff. And uh, that's and then here on Vandavision. And then we have Star Wars coming up real soon. Yep. 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 Paul, what about yourself? Uh yeah, Zen Madman on Twitter. Uh right now I'm just like icing myself. So eventually I'll start making <laughs> some some. Did you get the Epsom salt like I told you to? I didn't. I, I went into the store and they had like twenty people online. I was like, I was just at the DMV. I'm not waiting on another line. <laughs> Order it on Amazon. It'll have it here by six. Oh, that's true. Yeah. There you go. There Amazon you go. now. Okay. <laughs> Amazon forever. <laughs> Amazon is terrifying. That was that was a oh, Ronnie yeah, Chang Amazon. reference, by the way. It wasn't uh, an endorsement of. Okay, there you go. There you and go. and then Chang. I'll probably be around for Book of Boba Tea. I mean, Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Booker like T. I like it. Boba <laughs> Tea. That's Boba a whole tea. different Bubble show. Tea. Oh, Bubble yeah. Tea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. And for folks who want to find more of my stuff, I'm on Superhero Ethics and the Star Wars Universe podcast. You can find all my podcasting stuff at The Ethical Panda, uh, theethicalpanda.com, but also Twitter, places like that. Uh, there's, love to hear your feedback on this. You can find us on, if you go to strandedpanda.com, you'll find all the way to give feedback about uh, this and the upcoming coverage we're going to do on The Witcher. Uh, as Paul and Ashley mentioned on Star Wars, we're going to be doing coverage of the Book of Boba Fett. A lot of other great stuff coming up. And I'll just say for fi- people who are interested in more of the kind of podcasts I do, I'm in the midst of... Um, did I say something about the survey at the beginning of this episode? Nope. Mm-mm. Okay. Survey. And of course, for people who are interested more of, of my stuff, it's all on theethicalpanda.com. And I'm currently in the midst of trying to do like an, a year-end survey. Just get a sense from fans. Of like what kind of content do they like? What do they want to see more of? What do they maybe not want to see quite as much of? Um, uh, uh, Paul, I have been told that we should stop Zack Snyder bashing quite as much. Uh, uh. That that might not be a fulfillable objective. Not sure if it's possible, but we we can see well, what happens as it becomes uh. less and less relevant. Maybe. Yeah. But. There you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, definitely fill out that survey. Let me know what you think. Uh, it can be critical. It can be positive. Um, really interested to know more about what you think and, and help kind of shape where the podcasts are going to go for 2022. So, uh, thank you all so much on behalf of myself, Ashley, Paul. Uh, thank you for listening. Have a great day. Bye. Hmm. Nah. Fuck. What? <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Uh, Geralt of Rivia. Thank you for listening to PandaVision. We are a member of the Stranded Panda Network. For all of our podcasts and other creative geeky projects, check out strandedpanda.com.